You walk into your house and sit down next to the window. A cool breeze blows through the opening, and you close your eyes, beginning to pray. This is not an uncommon practice, but rather a daily habit of meeting and communing with God. And while it does not happen every time, it is not uncommon for God to meet with you and speak to you directly. After all, you are a prophet of the Lord. This happens to be one of those times. And as you are praying, you hear God say, Samuel, I've rejected Saul, and I refuse to let him be my king any longer. Stop feeling sad about him. Put some olive oil in a small container and go visit a man named Jesse, who lives in Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be my king. You hear the words, but you hesitate slightly. There's already a king, Saul, you answer back. He will kill me if he hears of this. Take a calf with you, comes the response from God. Tell everyone that you have come to offer it as a sacrifice to me. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice. When I show you which one of his sons I have chosen, pour the olive oil on his head. You open your eyes, stand up, and walk to the wall to take your horn. As you fill it with oil, you don't know how this will all turn out in the end. But what you do know, however, is that you are about to anoint a new king to lead God's people. Welcome to our show, Biblical Storytellers. On our show, we take you to the events, the places, and the people who are used to tell the story of God. We put you in the shoes of those people as they live their lives and contribute to the telling of the grand story of Scripture. We will show you how these events affected them, the people around them, and how they point towards something and someone greater, and what it means for you today. In this season, we take a look at the second king of Israel. King David is a key figure, not only in the history of Israel, but also in the greater narrative of Scripture at large. He arose from humble beginnings as a fearless shepherd and a gifted musician, to defeating giants, restoring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, and leading military conquests as king. However, he was also a flawed man, susceptible to sin. But despite these sins, he was known as a man after God's own heart and plays a pivotal role in fulfilling a prophecy found in the book of Isaiah that says that the Messiah would come from the house of Jesse. This is partially fulfilled through David and is ultimately found in Christ. However, before David was king, there was another king who led the nation. And in order for David to take the throne, the current king had to be removed. This is the story of how Saul came to power, what led to his downfall, and how a young man named David was named as his replacement. Ever since Israel had entered the promised land, following the death of Moses, they were led by judges appointed by God to guide them. These judges served as the legal and spiritual head of the nation, interpreting the law for the people, leading the military when necessary, and conveying God's will to the people. However, after four centuries of being led by judges, political, social, and moral upheaval had continued to grow as Israel struggled to maintain its covenant relationship with God and hold on to its promised land. As a result of this upheaval, 
the people began to request that a king lead them, a strong centralized figure similar to the surrounding nations. Having seen the failures of Samuel, the prophet, and his wicked sons, Israel's leaders came to Samuel and asked for a king to replace the judges. Although this request was disappointing to Samuel, he prayed to the Lord on the people's behalf, and God granted their request, not because the people were rejecting Samuel, but ultimately, they were rejecting God as their king and wanting an earthly one instead. Israel's first king, Saul, was appointed by Samuel as a result of this request. At the beginning of Saul's reign, he was a good king who walked with the Lord. However, as his reign progressed, he drifted away from God. When Samuel had anointed Saul as king, some in Israel doubted his leadership from the start, and they are recorded in 1 Samuel as worthless fools for doubting God's choice as king. Despite the doubters, the Spirit of the Lord was upon Saul at crucial moments, such as when he went into battle to rescue the city of Jabesh, and the Lord gave him victory. However, Saul's relationship with God deteriorated over time. One of the earliest examples of this is when Saul sacrificed an animal, even though God had commanded him to wait for Samuel. Instead of obeying, Saul gave in to fear, and this began the fracturing of his relationship with God. In chapter 14 of 1 Samuel, Saul reacted harshly to the people of Israel, and they even brought their complaints to his son, Jonathan. Saul had not always been disobedient and harsh. He had been chosen by God and anointed by Samuel to lead the nation. His reign as king was marked by military successes, and as a result of those victories, he saw an expansion of the territory of Israel. There were countless battles and victories that Saul enjoyed during his 40-year reign as king. In 1 Samuel 11, Saul led an army against the Ammonites in order to rescue the city of Jabesh-Gilead, which was a successful campaign. In 1 Samuel 13 and 14, Saul and his son Jonathan, who we will talk about in a future episode, attacked a Philistine camp at Michmash. This sparked a fire that would turn into a much larger battle in which Israel was able to win. There are two more battles which are worth noting during Saul's reign. His final battle, which was against the Philistines at Mount Gilboa and can be read about in 1 Samuel chapter 31. The final battle was a loss for Israel that resulted in the death of Saul and all of his sons. The other battle was against the Amalekites in 1 Samuel chapter 15. Saul and the rest of the army of Israel took the upper hand and eventually won. But Saul did not follow key instructions that he had received about the battle. This led to Samuel being prompted to go to Saul again and deliver another message. It had been several weeks since you told Saul that the Lord wanted him to go to war with the Amalekites, and now you had a new message from God to deliver. As you walk to your destination, you can't help but notice the sound of sheep and cattle in the distance. You draw near to Mount Carmel, and you see Saul, but before you have a chance to ask him your question, he quickly says, I hope the Lord will bless you. I have done what he has told me. This was a curious statement, since the instructions he had been given were to destroy every living thing in the battle. You ask him, then why do I hear sheep and cattle? The army took them from the Amalekites, he explains. They kept the best sheep and cattle so that they could sacrifice them to the Lord your God, but we destroyed everything else. Stop, you say quickly, cutting him off. Let me tell you what the Lord told me last night. 
you may not think that you're very important, but the Lord chose you to be king, and you are in charge of the tribes of Israel. When the Lord sent you on this mission, he told you to wipe out the Amalekites. Why didn't you listen to the Lord? Why did you keep the animals and make him angry? Saul tries to defend his actions, but the reason was ultimately irrelevant. He directly violated a command from God, and though he eventually repented, he still needed to be removed from his role as king. There were numerous things that ultimately led to Saul being replaced as the king of Israel. Saul had fallen into a pattern of disobedience to God's commands, and he failed to lead the nation of Israel according to God's will. He let his pride get the better of him, and he became disobedient. He failed to carry out the charge that was given to him to destroy the Amalekites and everything that belonged to them, and instead he allowed their king to live, and he took some of their possessions to increase his own wealth. Even though Samuel knew that Saul needed to be removed and had delivered the message to him as instructed by God, he was still upset and distraught over the turn of events. He had anointed Saul to be king, and seeing his downfall made him grieve over the king and the state of Israel. However, Saul's eventual removal from the throne meant that Samuel needed to anoint a new king. And as we heard in the initial story, this king would come from the house of Jesse. The fact that the Lord had picked the next king to come from the house of Jesse had great significance. It was not significant in the terms of David himself leading the nation, but the significance would rather be found 28 generations later in one of David's direct descendants being Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10, which was written several centuries after David's life, Isaiah states that from the root of Jesse, a banner will stand for the people. The nations will rally to him and the place of his rest will be glorious. In this case, the word root means progenitor, and from the lineage of Jesse will come a savior to the people. Jesse himself can trace his lineage back to Abraham, going through Boaz, Jacob, Isaac, Abraham, and eventually to Adam himself. We know from genealogical records that are given in Matthew 1 and Luke 3 that both Mary Jesus's biological mother, and Joseph, his legal father, can both trace their ancestry back to Jesse. But in order for this new king, the one whose ancestor would bring about the salvation of the world, for him to take the throne, he first needed to be appointed by a prophet. You approach the city gates of Bethlehem, carrying out the instructions that God has given you, your cow trailing behind you. And as you get closer, you notice the city elders start to come out to meet you. They appear nervous, and as you draw closer, their concern becomes even more apparent. Do you come in peace? They ask in fear, their voices trembling. It's understandable. Prophets sometimes come bringing bad news. However, you assure them, yes, I come in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. You work alongside Jesse and his sons to prepare the sacrifice, and then you invite them to stay for the ceremony. And as they arrive, you see Jesse's oldest son, Eliab, and you assume that he is the one who is going to be chosen as king. However, a voice speaks to you saying, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. 
The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You try to keep this in mind, and you refrain from judging the next son based on his appearance alone. When Jesse calls the next son, Abinadab, you declare that the Lord has not chosen him either. The same happens with Shammah, the following son. Seven of Jesse's sons pass before you, but none of them are chosen by the Lord to be the next king of Israel. They all appeared to have the physical characteristics of a king, but the Lord had not chosen them. You turn to Jesse and ask, Are these all the sons you have? Jesse replies, There is still the youngest. He is tending the sheep. You tell Jesse to send for him at once, and then you tell everyone else that we will not sit until he has arrived. Finally, the boy appears in front of you, and you hear a voice say to you, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. You walk towards David, take out your horn full of oil, and pour it slowly over his head. This occasion marked the beginning of the story of David and his eventual reign as king over Israel. While he hadn't been made the king yet, he was officially chosen as the successor to King Saul. It was at this moment that the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and it came upon David in a powerful way. After having the Spirit of the Lord with him for so long, not having it did not sit well with King Saul, and he was tormented by an evil spirit. The only thing that seemed to comfort him was music. You enter the king's room and see him lying on his bed, resting fitfully. The only thing that seems to bring him any comfort is the playing of a harp. You approach him and you say to him, Sir, command your servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play when that evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better. He responds and tells you to go find someone who can play well and to bring that person back. You tell him, I have seen a man, a son of Jesse, in Bethlehem, who knows how to play. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man and the Lord is with him. You leave the palace with your instructions to find this boy and to bring him back to the king's palace. You make your way to Bethlehem to talk to Jesse, and he sends for a son, who then accompanies you back to the palace with a donkey packed with food and wine. Thanks to you, David had now entered the service of the king. David quickly gained favor with King Saul through his musical ability and eventually became an armor-bearer to him. Saul sent a request back to Jesse that asked for David to stay long-term in the palace. Whenever the dark spirit came upon Saul, David would play and make him feel better. These were the first few interactions between David and Saul. There would be many more to come. David's role in the palace would soon transition from a mere armor-bearer to a champion for the army of Israel. That is next time on Biblical Storytellers. Thank you for listening to our episode today. I hope that you enjoyed it and maybe even learned something new. If you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting the show by becoming a subscriber on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com backslash biblical storytellers.
Your support will help continue to create engaging content and bring on new guests in the future. Another great way to support the show is by leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback is important and helps us to reach a much wider audience. If you want to connect further, you can find me on Twitter at AC underscore McKinley. I love hearing from listeners and would be delighted to chat with you further. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to bringing you more great content in the future.